We've been talking a lot in our study of Ephesians about and thinking a lot about the armor of God. Uh, and we've worked our way through all of the armor that was explained to us kind of slowly to think about each piece and try to make sure we have a good understanding of all the armor of God so that we're ready to fight the spiritual battle that we're in and, and really to help us open our eyes and see that spiritual battle uh, that's all around us uh, and to, to, to see it for what it is because the, the thing that Satan is trying to do is deceive us, make us think that it's not there, make us think that it's not happening uh, so that we don't fight against him and we give in to the temptations that he has for us. Before we jump into the very last section of uh, the Ephesians, I'd like for us to read again about this spiritual battle. Let's start in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Notice in these uh, verses, these eight verses, 10 through 17, God describes to us the spiritual warfare, which we've been discussing for over a month now. And he tells us to put on all of this armor in order to defeat the spiritual forces of wickedness who are firing fiery darts at us to quench the fire of the darts, to prevent us from damage. And then he ended with uh, getting ready with the sword of the Spirit where you can go out and you can fight against all the lies and deceptions that Satan is giving you. Uh, but as we read through this armor and we read about this sword, it makes us feel strong. It makes us feel like we can go out now and we can fight against the spiritual enemies that are all around us. And I think that's what it's intended to do. But along with that, we notice that there's more that we need. Not just armor, not just a sword, but also we need the Lord. Spiritual armor is not everything that we need. Uh, it's not the full extent of everything. But that there's also a sense in which we need more than just the spiritual armor. We need the Lord fighting on our side. This armor is good. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. And it shows us, as we studied through it, that we're in a spiritual battle and that we need God throughout every phase of the battle. As we look at the ideas that are given here, the, the idea that you have a belt of truth, that you have a breastplate of righteousness, that you have uh, the readiness given by the gospel, that you have a shield of faith, you have a helmet of salvation, you have the sword of spirit. As we look through all those, we saw that God is the one providing those things to us. 
as he reveals in his word all of these wonderful truths, uh, we grow in righteousness, we grow in faith, we grow in understanding of the truth, we grow in readiness, we grow in everything that we need in order to fight this battle. So God is working in all of this. And so as we think about the battle that we're facing, we think about the spiritual enemies that we're up against, yes, we need to put on the armor that God has given to us. But notice, in verse 18, he tells us one more thing is needed. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. He goes from talking about the armor of God and kind of leaving that example, that illustration, to saying we need to be a people who are constantly engaged in prayer. He started off saying, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might before giving you all of this armor. And he ends with, make sure you're always praying. Always praying. And he uses, if you read verse 18 carefully, he uses the word all four times. And so tonight, uh, as we work through the very end of Ephesians, I want us to see what he's saying here in each of these occasions. Why does he use the word all so emphatically? What is he trying to get across? First of all, he says in verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit. At all times. When should we pray? When shouldn't we pray? Is there ever a bad time for us to pray? Is there ever a time whenever we should think, Oh, no, now is just not an appropriate time for me to go to God in prayer. Oh, I'm in the middle of sin. I better not pray right now. (laughs) No, that is the time to pray. And whenever he says at all times, he is including every single time that you can think to pray is the time that we need to pray. And sometimes we might have this feeling like maybe we would get on God's nerves. You know, maybe God is getting tired of us constantly badgering him with the things that we need and our struggles. And, you know, that's just got to get annoying. Uh, I said this morning about, you know, talking to the kids and trying to be careful how I speak, making promises and and all of that. Uh, Well, they constantly are asking me for stuff, you know. That's the reason why I've learned to say maybe, because they ask me, are we going to go here? Are we going to do this? And it's like, there's not enough time in a day to do as much stuff as you want to do. It's just not even possible. And I have to say, that kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. You know, it kind of starts to grind on you after a little while. And finally, you just say, stop asking. <laughs> but that's, that's me. That's a weak father who is unable to provide the things that the child needs or wants in some, in some occasions. But this isn't the way God is. And that's not the way God feels as we come to him in prayer. He is not uh, annoyed at us for coming to him again and again all the time. He would not get tired of it. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says the same kind of thing. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times. Never stop praying. And the picture is that God is this good father who always wants to hear from his children, who always wants to give to them. So he says, pray at all times in the spirit. Pray at all times with this spiritual focus, spiritual mindset, desiring for God to work in your life to do the things that you desire for him to do and things that you can be assured he desires to give you. Reminds me of uh, Matthew 7 where Jesus says, uh, you being evil fathers, 
Uh, if your children ask you for bread, you're not going to give him a snake, you know. You're going to give him good whenever he asks you for something. How much more will God? He says, ask God, seek God's help, and knock on God's door. He's encouraging prayer. He's encouraging us to seek out God as God is a good father who loves us and wants to give what it is that we're requesting. That's the picture we get of God. And, and whenever we pray, I'm not preaching a health and wealth gospel. You know, God will give you all the money in the world and he'll help you live for a million years. No, but it's a picture of this is who God is. A God who wants to hear from us. A God who is, is happy when his children think to come to him in prayer. And he wants us to do that all the time. Never is there a bad time for us to go to God in prayer. So Paul uses the first all to say at all times. Notice the second all. In verse 18, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Okay, well supplication means asking God for something. Uh, it's a request that you make known to God. And so what does he mean though whenever he says pray with all prayer? How exactly does one pray with all prayer? <laughs> What does that mean? We don't really talk like that. I don't go up to you and say, hey, man, you need to be praying with all prayer. I don't know if you've been praying with all prayer or not, but you better pray with all prayer. You know, I, don't even, I don't even know. What, how, why, why would we say that? What are we talking about uh, whenever he says praying with all prayer? To pray with all prayer is to say that you can pray for anything and that you should pray for everything. Uh, you know, there's not a prayer that God is not okay with us praying. Did I just skip through? Where am I? Okay, I skipped one ahead. Sorry. So, is there something that we're supposed to stay away from praying for? You know, should we pray everything to God? Is there anything that we should hold back from praying to God? That's kind of what, what he's getting at. Pray with all prayer is saying, open the floodgates of your prayers. You know, let God know everything that's going on in your life. He wants to hear from you. And you might think, well, it's just not important to God, so I shouldn't pray it to him. Well, is there a reason why it's not important to him? Is it because, uh, like James 4, 3 kind of says, you ask and do not receive because you ask that you may spend it on all your pleasures? <laughs> you know, be the type of person, and I think what Paul's saying here, be the type of person that is willing to pray everything in your heart to God. And whenever something comes along that I'm praying to God and I see I shouldn't be asking for that. I'm, I'm not going to receive that because I just want that to fulfill my pleasures and my passions. And, and so as I'm working that out, I'll start to learn that. If you look closely at James 4.3, he's not condemning prayer. He's condemning the wrong motives, the wrong attitude, the wrong desires in the hearts of Christians. We need to be willing and, and open to praying to God whatever it is that's on our minds, whatever it is that's on our hearts, and not think that it's something stupid that God doesn't want to hear. He wants to hear. He wants to know. Pray with all prayer and supplication. Give him everything. Let him know everything that's on your mind, everything that's on your heart. Whatever's weighing on it at the moment, whatever's important to you is important to God. Because your heart is involved. Your heart is involved in whatever that is. You desire that. You have a heart that seeks that. Talk to God about that. And pray to God with all prayer. All supplication is telling us, encouraging us to pray. 
all the time for everything. Now, as we say that, we might think, oh, great, you know, blank check, you know, ask, seek, knock, just asking God is going to give you everything that you want. No, no, we understand, right, that every answer won't be yes. We'll ask God for everything. We'll open up the door to God of our heart. We'll ask God for whatever it is that we desire the most in life. And, and in some cases, the answer won't be yes, because God is not a microwave. You know, it's not you put your prayer in the microwave, you press a few buttons, right? And then, boom, out pops the answer. And it's yes every time. No, it's not like that. But there's this understanding that we should have that he knows everything, He knows what is best for us. He knows what is going to help us. And he understands the circumstances surrounding the prayer. And he is going to work what is in our best interest in that prayer. And it may be as we're praying all prayer and letting God know everything that's in our heart, that we start to develop a better understanding of what we really do need. And maybe it's not what we've asked for. Have you ever done that in your prayers? Here Paul says, pray all the time with all prayer and supplication. Just pour it all out. Let God know everything. And then the third thing we see, uh, praying at all, all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. He says, to that end, in other words, to the end of praying all things at all times, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert with all perseverance. Here's another all in the text. All perseverance and keeping alert. Well, what what does that mean? Whenever we pray, what do we do after we pray? Do we look for God to fulfill the prayer? Are we expecting God to do anything? Say sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm saying a prayer and answer hadn't been yes, and so I just say it, and then I move on, and I don't really think about it anymore, and then I just forget about it. You know, it's like, well, it's just not going to happen. But here you see that there's this alertness that we're supposed to have in our prayers. As we're praying at all times, as we're praying all of our prayers, we're supposed to be keeping alert, and we're supposed to persevere in our prayers. You know, how long do we pray before we give up? How long do we pray for something to happen before we just decide, okay, the answer must be no, and we give up? You know, there's a picture that Jesus gives uh, where he says that to his disciples, you ought to pray and not lose heart. And the picture is of this unjust judge, and the widow goes up to the judge, and, he, and she just persists in desiring the judge to give justice. And he says the judge will give justice, but not because he becomes just, but because of the woman being persistent. And he says, how much more will God give you what is just? He's good. He's not like the unjust judge. He will give you what is good. And so he's encouraging them to pray always and not lose heart. And I think that's the same picture that we find here, that we need to be the type of people who are looking forward to God answering our prayers with faith that he will do so. We believe he'll do it. We're looking for God to answer the things that we have prayed for. And not only that, but I think just wrapped up in this text, praying at all times, praying all prayer, is saying 
you need to be thinking about prayer a lot. You need to be alert and aware of the many reasons you have need of prayer, the many reasons why you need God to work in your life, and you need to persevere in it. You don't need to stop praying. You don't need to think after some period of time, I've prayed enough or think it's just not working for me. I can give it up now. Just keep doing it. Believing that God is hearing you and believing that God is working in your life. This is the picture that Paul gives us. Keep alert with all perseverance as you pray. And the fourth thing he says is making supplications for all the saints. Pray at all times, all prayer with perseverance and alertness and making supplications for all the saints. When we pray, how often do we think of other people? You know, as, as we first start out praying, we're probably pretty self-focused. I think most all of us are. Uh, but has that matured? Has that developed to where you're no longer just thinking about yourself, but you're starting to branch out and think about the, the spiritual needs and the spiritual battles that people around you are facing? Sometimes the trials and the temptations are so much on you that you become more focused on yourself, and that's sometimes needed. But you see in this that Paul wants them to be outwardly focused, not just to think about themselves, but to think about all the saints, all of them. Now, how, how, how long has it been since you prayed for our brethren in Zimbabwe, our brethren in South Africa, our brethren in India, our brethren in Saudi Arabia, our brethren wherever they are, and all the suffering and trials they're going through? Even brethren in this city, how often have, have you prayed for that? How much time are we spending in that kind of prayer? And I think what Paul is trying to help us understand is this is not a spiritual battle that we're facing alone. But this is a spiritual battle that we're facing together. Do you realize that brethren are praying for you? Brethren are praying for you. I know there's spiritual warriors here that are just constantly devoting themselves to praying. And, and I imagine every single person in this room has had somebody pouring their hearts out in prayer for you at some point. And if it hadn't happened yet, yeah, it's going to happen very soon. <laughs> because that's the kind of people that we're supposed to be. We're not just looking out for our own success and the spiritual battles that we're facing, but we're looking out for others. And we're thinking about how other people can grow to be to the praise of the glory of God. Remember, Ephesians' theme, Ephesians' purpose is that the church was blessed so that it could become to the praise of God's glory. Be holy and righteous and pure and, and wonderful and shine as a light for all the nations to see God's glory. And so that changes our, our purpose in prayer. That we're not spending our time just focused in on me and how I can grow and develop spiritually or grow financially or grow physically or whatever it is. But instead the focus becomes on the whole body of Christ working together to glorify God. This is something Paul encourages Christians to be praying for. To be praying with all prayer should, you know, not be leaving out the prayer for our brethren. We're all in this struggle together, and we need one another's prayers. 
And I thank you so much for all the prayers that you've given me and my family. I know many of you have told me that. I know many of you have trusted me with uh, some secret kind of struggles that you're going through, asking me to pray for you and your family. And that's, that's the way we should be. We shouldn't just be seeking to, to do it all ourselves. God gave us a spiritual family to work together and to pray for one another and to lift one another up so that we could become what God really wants us to be. So as we study this last portion, we, need, we see the spiritual need that we have for prayer. But notice one more thing. Uh, in verses 19 and 20, listen to what Paul says about prayer. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. You see how Paul brings himself into this. You know, you, you might think, oh, I got the spiritual armor of God and I got the sword of the Spirit and I'm ready to go out and fight spiritual battles. And, and Paul says, well, you're better than me because I'm not planning on doing this by myself and I don't feel like I can. I need your prayers. I mean, Paul himself is asking for prayers on his behalf in order to fulfill his ministry. He recognizes he would not be able to accomplish what he has been able to accomplish without the prayers of the saints. And so he's asking them for their prayers, that he might have opportunities to spread the gospel, that he might have boldness to proclaim the gospel in the midst of trial and tribulation. So as we think about prayer, do we need people's prayer? Yeah, we need his prayer. We need their prayers. Uh, and we need to be praying ourselves. We shouldn't be trying to seek to fulfill the purpose that God has given us without seeking God's help. So why do we try to fulfill God's purpose without seeking God's help? Well, if you're like me, you've probably thought some pretty ridiculous things before. Um, and it makes sense logically in the moment. Well, you know, I just, I don't really want to talk to God about it because he already knows. It's just a waste of time. I've only got so much time in the day. There's other things I could be doing. And, and he already knows all the things that I have going on in my life. And he already knows everything that I need. So what's the point of bringing it before him? You ever said that? I mean, I've said that plenty of times earlier on. Uh, and finally, I've just listened to the command and just done it. <laughs> because he says to. He says he wants to hear everything that is on our mind and everything that is on our heart. And even though he knows what's on our mind and knows what's on our heart, he wants us to tell him anyway. Another thing that I would commonly think is, well, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. This is probably particularly whenever he hadn't answered my prayers the way I wanted him to answer. <laughs> well, you know, God knows what's best, and he's going to do whatever he wants to do. So what's the point of me asking him for something whenever really all that I really want him to do is just whatever he wants to do. And so I'll just let him figure it out and do whatever he wants to do. You know, it all makes sense logically to think this way. And I, maybe you don't think this way. Maybe I'm just crazy. But this is kind of the way that I would think it through. And I would just justify not going to God in prayer. And yet the picture we get from Jesus and from Paul and from others is 
that God wants to hear from us and that our prayer changes things. In other words, that whenever we go to God in prayer, he is going to do what he wants, but what he wants can factor in the things that we want. And as we go to him in prayer, he has a way to make his will happen and also include our desires. He has a permissive will and an ability to be flexible and to change the things that maybe he's set in place or that he wants to accomplish so that what we want can also be accomplished. And he says whenever we pray in faith, it accomplishes much. If we are seeking him and and living righteously, the prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. And pointing to to Elijah in James chapter 5 is saying, a man prayed and it, that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three years. What we do does affect things, and we must have that mentality and that mindset in ourselves. So if we're going to apply this, as we look at the whole book of Ephesians, and we see now it's ending on this, this wonderful description of a spiritual battle that we're in to be people who praise God's glory and who who dominate the spiritual forces of evil all around us with our spiritual armor on, we see that the spiritual battle is really too much for us. We We don't need to think that we can go out and accomplish this. God knows we can't. But we need to see here at the end that he's given us an open door There's not a time when God's door is shut that we cannot approach his throne and draw near to him with humble hearts, desiring for him to do whatever he wants to do, of course, but desiring for him to do what might be best for us and maybe consider what we want as well. And God wants to hear from us. It's a wonderful blessing. It's an amazing thing that the creator of the universe the one who uh, upholds and sustains and maintains everything that we see in existence, knows the number of hairs on our head, if we have it, and knows and wants to hear from us. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And it should be something that we believe. Even though it's unbelievable, it should be something that we believe and that we take advantage of. So as we think about the four alls and try to apply them to ourselves, We need to pray whenever we think of praying. Whenever we think of praying. There's not a bad time for us to go to God in prayer. You think of praying? Oh, I haven't prayed in a while. Okay, pray. (laughs) I remember a time whenever I would say, man, I haven't been praying like I should. And I wouldn't stop and pray. You know, that's ridiculous. Stop, pray, And pray again and pray again until it becomes something that happens over and over and over again in your life. Don't hold anything back whenever you go to God in prayer. There's nothing that he doesn't want to hear. It's not that he's looking for us to speak eloquently in the King James Version and and to, to have that ringing. There should be reverence. There should be respect. There should be awe. But there's nothing that he doesn't already know. And there's nothing that he doesn't want to hear from us. Whatever is important to us, whatever's on our hearts, we should desire to speak out to God. And maybe there's a prayer request that you feel like he wasn't going to answer and you gave up on. 
You got any of those? You got something that your heart's been desiring for a long time, but you asked and asked and did not receive? Ask again. I know that's hard. I know that sometimes you just, it just hurts you to think about it. Well, talk to God about that too. He wants you to cast all of your anxieties on him. And he wants to be there for you as you struggle with whatever it is that you're going through. And finally, remember that there are other people in a spiritual battle all around you whenever you pray. And those brethren who love God need your prayers. And I need your prayers. We need prayers to be bold. We need prayers to evangelize. We're talking about on Wednesday night. We need prayers to spread the good news, to tell people God loves them, to pray for them, to tell them we're praying for them, to tell them a Bible verse that might help them. We need prayers for that kind of boldness and willingness to say things that are spiritual in 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 an environment that it may be uncomfortable at first, and we need boldness to get over that so that people can come to know the God that we serve. I hope that we will become a people who pray all the time because our Father is hearing us and he's working and we need his help. With his help, we can become way, way more than we could ever be without him. So if you're not devoting yourself to prayer, I hope you will. If you've not put on Christ and received the the promised blessing that he offers you, uh, you need to understand that You can go to God in prayer, but you don't have the right relationship. Uh, There's sin between you and God, and Jesus is the answer that God gave. And unless you accept the, the sacrifice that was made on your behalf, that relationship is not where it needs to be, but it can be. If you will put your trust in him, and you will obey the gospel and receive Jesus' sacrifice in baptism, then you too can have a loving father like we do. And if there's anything we can do to help you, Uh, If there's any need for prayers tonight, uh, please don't hesitate. Come forward as we stand and as we sing.